and welcome to Ask the Teacher ABC. So we are here today with you to talk about raising strong, amazing daughters. Uh, we have been um, uh, having lots of questions come in. Most of the questions have come from uh, people reaching out to you, Mom. Uh, obviously, I think it has to do with your relationship with uh, my sister Bliss, your daughter, of course. And uh, we wanted to kind of address um, what kind of in helps to create those um, strong uh, women. Yes, we, you know, we were really thinking about our own relationship when people started reaching out. We th were thinking about how you know, I build my relationship with you and your other siblings as well. And we really think that, you know, after even having our own conversation, that it always starts like as soon as you are have some a sense of awareness. If you have a sense of awareness that this is your job as a parent, you need to really start trying to build, you know, that love and that connection and, and really be ample when it comes to giving those hugs and encouragement, words of encouragement. Um you know, we, even with us, we started talking about affirmations and how it's not never too young. You're never too young to look in the mirror and just say, I love you. And really just start building that with your own child for so that they can, you know, start to love themselves. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, I, I, you do that with your students on a daily basis. You do affirmations with them. And, you know, you've even done affirmations with Tatiana um, growing up. And I mean, look at her. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we all have this, this wonderful, you know, great relationship. And, you know, even raising my own daughter, I, um, I also, you know, have made sure that she has this autonomy, right? Um, so not just affirmations, but, or along with affirmations, I should say, is this autonomy where, you know, her body is her own. And she knows that even though she's three. I mean, she has even, uh, you know, I have always told her, like, if you're feeling uncomfortable with something, stop means stop, no means no. And she knows that. That, you know, can overflow into her life in school and as an adult to be able to create a boundary that is self-respecting so that you can learn and grow and be who you know that you want to be, right? When you're kind of figuring that out, maybe too. I think another thing too, when we're talking about love, we know that self-love is a, is an extension of everything, right? Um, self-respect, um, how to uphold yourself and know that you are worthy, that you are enough. And I think even everything's kind of an experiment like this summer with even your son, with my grandson, you know, I told him, you know, I love you. You don't have to earn it. It's unconditional. No matter what you do, you are loved. And I think that's a real conversation to start having with your children, no matter what their age. Yeah. And I think that even, you know, people who may not have that role model of a mom or of a dad, and, you know, here they are, parents now. Uh, what would you say to them, like, to kind of give them a guideline of, like, where to go? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that when you do have older friends or even friends, just showing your child how you interact with your own peers, peers that are, um, you know, that you maybe see at the grocery store or people that you might be, you know, have neighbors, show them a, a level of generosity and kind, being kind and teach your daughter or your child, look at what mom's doing. This is what I expect that you will do. 
So I think even having those um, conversations address the unspoken so that it is spoken. Do you see what I mean? Because I know that, you know, even and, um, you know, I, I have friends who, you know, don't have those role models and they're worried about becoming parents, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, you know, but I think that one of the biggest things that people have to realize is you have the power to break generational trauma. It does not have to continue. And no matter if you had that, uh, you can, hey, anybody can be uh, a role model, right? Right. I mean, you can look, like you said, you can look at your friends. You can, you know, decide that you're just going to be that role model for your your child. So then raise them the way that you want to, that you want to see them as when they're an adult. Right. And I think, you know, excuse me, even with my own kids, having uh you know letting allowing them to be independent to a certain extent especially with my with my daughter like my son is already i raised him to be very independent i wanted him to be self-sufficient so that he could do things for himself as well as come to me and ask me but especially with Addie, um you know i wanted her you know a lot of people are like oh well you know girls should be quiet there's like that there's that kind of stigma that's in society um, and I don't want her to be quiet. I want her to be sassy. I want her to be loud. I want her to know her worth and want her to be confident. And I want her to know that her body is hers. Yes. You know, and you know, at the same time, like, you know, I think that I, ha it has, there is a little bit of difference when you're raising a son compared to raising a daughter Definitely. and, um, you know, I think there's also a very fine line where you can, that you can cross, like, you don't want to be best friends with your daughter when they're little. You want to know, she, she needs to know that you're her mom. Right. Definitely. Right. Yes. Because friends, oh. go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Be, you know, being friends can mess a, re a relationship up because then you will lose your power over time. So... Like you said with Addie, she is showing that she is bossy, she is assertive, and she speaks up for herself. She knows what she wants. And when we can foster that, it's better to raise children, especially girls, that are brave and willing to take sensible risks so that they can then navigate their life and not walk in the real world with a gray cloud over their head, questioning themselves, am I doing the right thing? Can I speak up? Um, and it even overflows into relationships, you know, picking friends that are they going to boss you around? Are you going to be the leader? And I think one thing that I did do when you guys were younger was say that you were leaders in your own right. Even if no one was following you, it, it was okay. Just be a leader and try to really uh, uh, become even more in tune with your intuition because really our intuition guides us in our lives. Right. Well, I want to touch back on a point because, I mean, I feel like you would, you would even know this better than I do because I still, I'd be mod. Like, I have an eight-year-old and I have a three-year-old, but I'm still new. So, can you talk about how to, how did you foster your relationship with your daughters? Like, how did you ensure that, you know, the friendship line, it wasn't crossed? 
that you were still able to have this magnificent relationship with all of us. Like how, how did you do that? Well, honestly, we had good conversations. I, you know, even if it was through play, like getting on your level and, you know, working it in subtly that, you know, I was your mom and I was to be honored because of who I am and how I would in turn honor you in your position as a child. So sometimes I would even say that I'm not your friend, that I'm your mom. And right now my, my job is to protect you, to guide you and to raise you. And that there, as you got older, that there would be one day that we would turn our relationship into a friendship, but it would be much later down the line, like, you know, kind of like how you and I are right now. So I think that it was important for me just to say it right out and to continue to say it and make it something that it was important. And then even on Mother's Day, how that was a day for you to honor me. And I put myself in a position that you would see that I am not only human, but I am your mother. And that is a place to be respected. So uh, like you said, that generational um, traumas and uh, bad things that can happen over time, I think it's good to even like make sure that you bridge a relationship with those past generations like my mom. And you saw how I honored my own mother and I would point those things out to you. It's important for you to honor grandma, to talk to grandma, to have a relationship with grandma. So really it was something that was part of our almost monthly, weekly, daily conversations. And I was always mindful to even, um, you know, make sure that I would talk to you maybe at dinner time or at snack time and make it like it wasn't a lecture, but make it like it was just like, this is how we do business. Right. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I can verify that that is true. You know, thinking back, like, you know, I, even when I was a poor college student, when we were all poor college students, I mean, the one thing that we made sure to do was get mall platforms on stick <laughs> because compelled high wire, that would get happened, you know, and man, before Venmo, it was like, you know, usually I was the one in charge of that. And it's, uh, let me tell you, I went, I ate Bob Robin a few days afterwards oh. for that letting to be transferred. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm so, sorry. No, back, I think that is important, you know, and, you know, thinking back on that, yeah, I, you're, you're right. Well, our, so what about like communication as far as like, how do you get your daughter to be able to share all of these things with you. Like how can people make sure that, you know, cause I think one of the biggest things is, you know, once they become teenagers, maybe that they don't want to share with their mom what's happening in their lives. And I know that, you know, for a hundred percent that, uh, you know, your youngest, like she shares with you everything. So how, how do you make that happen? Because I know that like, even as a mom, I, I know not there yet, far away from the teenage years, but I, I guess that's a question that I have because I don't really like, did it, did it just stem from what you were talking about before or how can you ensure that that communication happens? How can you foster that relationship so that that communication happens? Right. Well, I remember like specifically, if we're going to talk about Tatiana, 
um, when she was young, every day I would, when I would give her a bath, that was when I would kind of talk to her about the rules of life, so to speak. And I think one was that, or maybe even even preventative measures that I knew that those teenagers would someday come. So I would kind of slowly say things like, mom's the big boss. You know, if mom says something, then that's what you do. If mom says yes, and anyone else says no, then it's yes, or vice versa. I would also say one day as you get older, you might, there might be a time where you don't think that I'm on your side. It might not feel like I'm on your side, but I'm always on your side. I am always here without judgment that I will be here for you unconditionally. And I think having those constant reminders to let her know, you know, one day there will be that time. And sure enough, that time did come where I had to say, hey, remember when I told you that even though you might not feel like I'm on the same page with you, I'm always here for you and I'm always stand by you. So I think that knowing me as a parent, I needed to know that mistakes would happen. Um, maybe wrong choices would be made, but through that, that we would always be able to learn from it and learn from it together. And I guess lastly, one thing that I did was I would encourage you guys to write in your journals. We all know that there's a time where you're, you're mad and angry, and it's healthy to have those mad and angry emotions. And if you want to curse mom out in your journal or whatever, that's okay. It really is because when you, when you purge that, you feel better overall. And I think because she was allowed to have that space or you guys were allowed to have those spaces to um, ex exert your emotions, even if it was negative, then it was okay because it was still that foundation of love occurred. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> so note to start doing that at that time, brainwash your children. Yes. Pre brainwashing can be used for good. <laughs> yes. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. That is true. And I, I think that that is, I, that's an important point. And I thank you for sharing that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, or to ask you about if social media with young children, because obviously, you know, we live in this day and age where this is the age of technology. I mean, my generation, the millennials were, we were the last generation to know a time without the internet, which is just sounds snake, <laughs> but it's true. I could be that, Hey, you lived without the internet for a long time. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, honestly, we have to give props to the older generations for getting up more <laughs> props to grandma for learning how to use her new life. Right. So definitely. Uh, but what is the right age? Do you have any thoughts on that at all? As far as social media goes because as we all know social medias can be amazing it can be great it's how so many people keep in contact but at the same time it's also you know a point of contention for young girls uh because let's face it you can edit the crap out of your photos and uh i know that you know almost every young girl kind of goes through in time so how do you support that during that and do you have a suggestion as far as an age to be on there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, they, that's a really good question. And I find that that is a question that a lot of parents have. It's a sticky situation because we know that some people are more mature than others. So you'll have to gauge that for yourself. Is, is your child mature enough to handle A, B, C, and D? Um, I think kids should have a phone and have it very restricted. I think kids should have phones so that they can call if there's an emergency. And outside of social media, I say push that as far back as you can, because if you can see how your child interacts at school socially, and if they're able to problem solve and navigate themselves through that, then they might be able to show signs that they're ready for what social media has to offer. You know, I always kind of go back to the four agreements. You have to start teaching not to take things personally. It's not about you. And I think that is one great element that I would segue into. Are you ready for social media? You know, are you going, who are those? You got to, you have to make sure that those role models are in place from day one. You have to make sure that if you do have a role model, that's someone that you can pick up the phone and call. It's not some person on social media that you think that you want to be exactly like. So, you know, it all kind of goes back to self-love about loving yourself just the way you are. And are we all perfect? No, but we are here, we exist, we are enough. So I think when you are able to really solidify those different aspects into your child, only then would they be possibly ready for social media. So I would say push it back off the top of my head. I'm going to say around 11, maybe even 12 um, maybe even make high, if you could push it back to high school, you know, you got to kind of give them a little something, right? And I think that was my main thing. Give them a little something. I think I let Tatiana do a little something and then I would slowly, you know, give it, give her a little bit more leeway as time went on. But I love like YouTube kids. You can start showing kids, you know, there are some things on, on, you know, using the internet that you, that aren't for your brain. They're not good for your brain. And you can start like censoring what your kids watch, even if it's a movie at home. Like, what are your kiddos watching? If they're sticking with more G-rated things and you're able to sit with your kiddo and talk and have conversations throughout movies or whatever, that just kind of sinks way into what you see on the internet. So really having those restrictions set. Yeah, I mean, I will say that one of the things that I do with my kids is I do sit and watch the kid movies with them um and i'll be like wow that person is acting mean and they are not being nice or that is not a nice thing to do or look at that kind of how much they love their mom oh you know and even like you know we recently watched uh raya and uh you know when oh you know they're her dad you know and she misses her dad and her mother's gone and you know and it's it is, I think that that's teaching emotional intelligence because I have noticed that my kids are very sensitive to things like that. And even my, you know, my little one, my three-year-old, she cries during those parts. She's like, her dad, he's gone. It's, um, I think that that is really important, but I, I wanted to go back to what you said about role models. So could you talk more about role models for your, for your children and what you were discussing earlier? Yeah, definitely. I think that I always told you guys um, 
when you have a role model, it should be someone that you could pick up the phone and call. So we couldn't pick up the phone and call Michael Jordan, but we could pick up the phone and call Uncle So-and-so. So you choosing, really choosing the role models ahead of time and then suggesting, oh, you could have picked up the phone and asked Uncle Ron, or you could have picked up the phone and called Grandma about that. And that even brings the family together as a unit, uh, considering all the different generations. Um, so I think that was a big part of how I raised you. And I wanted to raise you also to look at your mom, look at your parents. Look, mom goes to work every day. I work hard for you guys. Um, it provides this, that, and the other thing. So I think it's important for you as a parent to be the first role model and to show your child through your actions at what, you know, what do, how do I, what do I do? What do I say? I remember in particular, I wanted you guys to be giving. So we did volunteer work and we talked about doing the volunteer work. We helping others, making things. I think we made over a hundred cookies one time for, for a church function that we had. Um, those are the ways that you uh, present yourself as a role model to your child. So really it, it is on the parent for that. And I think that um, it ended up being beneficial for our relationship. I remember one time in particular, I took Tatiana to go. Uh, we had to, we went over to a friend's house and she had cancer. And I warned her ahead of time that she might not have hair and she had a scarf on her head, but we wanted to, you know, give, give, give to her to make her happy. So we showed up with some, I think it was banana bread and some soup, but the smile on the woman's face is what Tatiana and I centered on. Look at that smile. That's all the thanks that we needed. And so it was like, let's all stop for a moment and see how good it feels to give. And there again, that was another time that I could be, you know, her role model. Put your money where your mouth is. So Yeah, I think that I think that you're right because, you know, doing those things with your kids, it teaches them, you know, how to be as a person. Because if you're doing real things and you're supporting that doing those things, that's what kind of person that they're going to be in the future. Um, I think we got a little distracted from our main topic, but I mean, overall, I feel like that's just some good information. I, I, so I am so thankful that I have you as my role model and that I get to, you know, I'd have you for all the, all the questions, all the answers. <laughs> well, at least. So thank you, Mom, for that. Um, well, I, let me, oh, let me just say that, um, our children teach us and you were actually my great teacher. You were a great teacher to me and, and a hero. And I saw you do just these wonderful things. And, you know, it's just lovely to see that really everything I did was an experiment. So I'm learning from you still. I have a lot of answers, but I know you do too. And I even have questions. So we're both here as learners, right? And that's what, that's what education is about, is about learning, right? Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Well, um, we, again, uh, we want to answer all the questions. Uh, we are here for, like I said before, parents, we are here for teachers. We are here for educators. I know our next episode uh, that's going to be coming out is going to be um, on a lot of teacher questions that we've got. 
but uh, we wanted to kind of make sure that we were broadly uh, answering even parenting questions um, as we are both parents. Yes. Uh, that even, you know, we welcome the single parent questions because love, you are a single parent, you know what's, what it's all about. So uh, please reach out. Again, our email address is askthateacherxyz at gmail.com. A-S-K-T-H-E-T-E-A-C-H-E-R. Right, right. Gmail.com. So ask the teacher at um, ask the teacher xyz at gmail.com. Please make sure to uh, send in your questions uh, and no, no question is off the table. Uh, we were to be here for you. Uh, we look forward uh, to many more yeah, him. And we thank you for your time and thank you for spending this time with us. We so appreciate it. Uh, any last thing? Uh, check us out on Spotify. Love and blessings to all. And we'll see you for our next episode. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, everyone.